Welcome to the Wedding Film Academy podcast, your go-to source for learning to create stunning wedding films and run a successful business. Here's your host, Lumix Luminary and wedding filmmaker, Jordan Bunch. Hey everybody, before we start this show, I just wanted to let y'all know that we have a new really amazing Facebook group going. So if you look for Wedding Film Academy Facebook group, you'll find the page and you'll have to just answer two simple questions to make sure that you're going to send out good vibes to everybody in the group before we let you in. But hop on over there and join that group. Also, if you have other friends in the industry, go ahead and add them to the group as well. We're really trying to build something that's centered around the idea of encouragement and and building one another up. Uh, as well as giving others a a leg up when they need it. And so one of the things that we're doing is we're going to do pretty close to a weekly film critique. So if you hop on over to our website, weddingfilmacademy.org, you can actually enter in to potentially have your film live critiqued by us on the Facebook group. And it's been a really awesome experience so far. We've done two of them so far, and we have... Uh, several, several dozen have been submitted, so uh, we can't get to everybody's right away because we're only, only going to do one week and we're having a ton of submissions, but we would love for you to submit one of your films over at WeddingFilmAcademy.org and then definitely make sure you join the Facebook group so that you can know when your film is going to be judged live. So hop on over to that Facebook group and we will see you there. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Wedding Film Academy podcast. This is actually the first episode I've done since the birth of my third child, so I'm hoping that I'm not terribly brain dead. I was talking to our guest Larry here in the uh, pre-show chat about that, so hopefully um, I'm able to talk fluently today, but if I'm not, then that is my solid excuse, and I'm sticking with it. Um, But I'm excited for today's episode and for the series that we're starting because it's a big topic of conversation in the wedding film industry, but also in the nation at large, and that is the topic of education. And we're sort of at this interesting place in our country and in in the education space right now in terms of, um, you know, post high school education where there's a lot of controversy about whether or not someone should attend a university at all or whether they should gain their education through online resources like lynda.com, like YouTube, um, whether they should um, pursue some of those uh, routes in terms of education or or go to, to official film school. And so uh, we're going to do a number of different uh, interviews with different people who have different takes on this. And to start us off, I have my friend Larry Marshall with me. Uh, Larry has been making wedding films since high school, right? Yes. So a while. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. I loved, I saw a, a newspaper clip that you posted recently <laughs> about that. And so that was, that was pretty awesome. Yes. Um, but Larry, you went to, um, you went to university and you studied something sort of around, it wasn't technically yeah. a film school, yeah. but it was sort of in that vein. So maybe Larry, just start off maybe with an introduction of yourself, sure. who you are, kind of what your specialty is. Um, tell us a little bit about Larry to start. So a little bit about Larry is um, I run Marshall Camera Wedding Films in Indiana and um, I've been shooting wedding films since high school, but, you know, not well uh, <laughs> until maybe five uh, years ago or so. Um, and I went to um, Bowling Green State University in northern Ohio. And it's not a film school in the sense of, uh, you know, we don't have any sound stages or anything like that. Not like some of those larger schools. But... Um, we may do, and it's a, it's still a liberal arts school, four-year degree. Um, my major was telecommunications, so sort of more of the, um, yeah, like the, the mass communication route, TV, radio, some of that's in there. And then I minored in film. And they had 
film production actually as a major. I just didn't like the program. Um, I thought that I could get all of the essentials uh, from that program in the minor. Um, that's all I was really interested in. And uh, so I, I went that route. And uh, yeah, so I have a little bit of experience having formal education in the traditional university sense, but then I can uh, tell you that you definitely learn the most simply by doing it. And, um, and we can talk about whether or not we feel that the university really gave me a whole lot of useful information. Gotcha. Yeah. So I think that that is probably a similar story to a lot of people is that, you know, they went to, to college and maybe they even had a degree that was similar to yours where they were sort of interested in a creative field, um, maybe being a part of some sort of production, um, but not necessarily film school specific. Mm -hmm. Or a lot of people just went to school for something completely random right. and found themselves in this, you know, in this field, like myself, you know, I went to, I went to seminary. Um, so, you know, I couldn't have, couldn't have done something. Yeah. That's about too, the opposite, too not different. the opposite, but I mean, it's definitely not the path <laughs> that people would exactly. take. <laughs> right. Exactly. So, so I think this is really interesting because you did go in with the mindset of I'm getting an education and I want to be in, uh, you wanted to be in video production, right? Was that the goal right. when you went to college? Yeah, because I had um, a video production course in high school. I was fortunate. We had mini DV tape uh, cameras, so I did that whole thing. And I already had some experience shooting and editing, um, you know, rudimentary experience. It's not the greatest, but um, I knew, yes, I want to pursue more of this. And I wasn't, like, I'd already kind of done that couple of years of discovery of like, hey, what do I want to do? And I think this is what I want to go for. And I had declared that, that, you know, I would be doing some sort of media um, major from the beginning. Yeah. Awesome. So knowing that that's what you wanted to do, why did you choose the degree that you did? Um, I definitely... Because it wasn't film specific. It was a film minor, right? Right. So right. why'd you choose that path? Well, some of it had to do with how I felt about the program at the school itself. Um, but... For the most part, I mean, it's a hard question to answer. I, I there, was, there was a bunch of schools I could have gone to. I was also juggling uh, where to go to school so that my now wife could come to school with me because she and I had split for the first year, and so we were trying to find a good place, at like a good happy medium. So that's kind of why I still stuck with the liberal arts school because there was a place for her. Um, otherwise I was looking at like places down in Savannah, Georgia at the Savannah College of Art and Design, which were more specific for film. Um, and so that decision kind of, uh, played a big role in where I ended up going, but, uh, I definitely don't have any regrets about going to that school in particular over say another school. So it's your wife's fault. It's all her fault that I'm doing this. Yeah. That, that I'm happy and that I'm doing this. <laughs> Man, what a bum. I know, jeez. No, yeah, no, I think that, you know, one of the great things about a liberal arts education in general is that it does provide you with a, um, a, a bigger diversity For of sure. education. Yeah. And sort of, you know, provides an opportunity for you to learn a host of things, you know, because when you're, you know, 18, 19 years old going into college, most people have no clue what they want. So I, th I think it's really interesting that, you know, you went from high school into college and actually ended up in a career that you thought you were going to end up in. Yeah. I think that's well, pretty rare. It is rare. You're right. And I'm glad you said that because I don't want people to think that like, oh, if I'm if I change my major, I mean, so many people change their majors. So many people, have, it's a discovery process. And it is, it is very odd that I figured out like, hey, I, I, I like to do this and that I'm 30 and I've been doing this for um, 13, 14 years now. I mean, that's like almost half my life. And that's, that is very unusual. Yeah. So not the most common case, but um, yeah, I was, like I said, I was fortunate to have that high school class. Yeah. So talk to me about the, the, that university experience for you. You came in as a freshman 
so I, I assume you had to do kind of all the basic classes. Yeah, all you know, the basic math, gen ed English, stuff. History, all that stuff. Yeah. Fortunately, I had all my math taken care of um, in high school because I went through like AP calculus and all of that. But everything else, including foreign language, I mean, foreign language was definitely my weakest point. Um, that was something I still needed to do more uh, courses on. And I really, this is the, probably the one thing I, I hated the most about college was requiring for some foreign language and I hated it and I still haven't used it really. I mean, I went to France once, but <laughs> you don't have to speak, you know, French, but I, uh, I did. I tried. We're American, so you know, we're I, one language people. <laughs> sadly, we are. Um, and I, and they love it when you, when you try to like, oh, it's cute. He's trying. So I appreciate that from the American, but, um, <laughs> I struggled with that, with, with that a lot. Um, and a few other just random things. Um, but nonetheless, I mean, it's a, you're a well-rounded person. You know, everything that was, that you could maybe go into, you at least get to see it. And for me, it reinforced that, yes, indeed, I do just want to stay on this path of, um, of film and, some sort of production-oriented career. Awesome. So at what point did you start taking classes in your major field of study? Oh, right away. Yeah. I was able to kind of jump in into at least one in the first, um, I think in the one in the first semester. Uh, I, I went through uh, summer classes too to kind of knock out those requirements because I was otherwise it was going to take me five years to graduate and um, I just wanted to knock them out and be done definitely in four. Yeah. So talk to me about the the actual curriculum that you had within your your major stuff that um, you know. I guess I want to hear not just the stuff that you feel like was helpful. We can talk about that later, but yeah. I'm curious. What were all the classes that you had to take in your field? Um, I'd have to think yeah, about it. You, was uh, it like, was it like, you know, history kind of classes? Yes. So, or? so since we didn't, we didn't, we weren't the type of school that had like sound stages and stuff. A lot of it was theory based. But then eventually, when you became a, a junior and senior, you did actually shoot on uh, sixteen millimeter film. And that was kind of the big, like, ooh, you know, we get to actually shoot something. Now, it wasn't necessarily, um, it wasn't really narrative work, if you could call it that. It was still more of a learning, like, how the camera, how to load the camera and and speed the camera and then get the film out of the camera and just, and actually doing hands-on with that. But before that, a lot of it was theory in terms of, um the history of film, when it started, why it started, why everyone was amazed by it, all that stuff. And then all the way up doing like all tours of certain directors or DPs or whoever and and really learn a bit about that person and why they are good at what they do and uh, what movies had the most influence as to why we do things the way we do today. Um, so yeah, a lot of theory. I mean, literally there was like a history of film class and um that that one was also kind of uh, tougher for me just because i mean going what you're going way back and just studying and needing to memorize like kind of random people's names and directors and so I, some of that stuff and like today like i have i couldn't tell you really too much about the history of film other than the basics and essentials um and then uh through the production aspect of it though you didn't um you didn't do a whole lot of like big things like with dolly tracks or anything like that. It was really more of um, check out the camera, the 16 millimeter, come up with 10 shots that, um, you know, show a topic. And it, and it can be very like ethereal in the sense it doesn't even have to be, it doesn't, they didn't want it to be like literally show me something that is, like if you were trying to show the word opposite, you would try to figure out a way to show opposites occurring in the same frame and just trying to think about things like that or converging lines. And, and so it was almost like a photography class sometimes, but like you could use motion, um, but we didn't use sliders. We didn't use sliders. We didn't use um, dollies or anything like that. It was all, everything was always on sticks, you know, tripod. Um, and um, yeah, that was 
that was the gen- that's the overview of the curriculum. Yeah. So <laughs> just to play devil's advocate a little bit, yeah. it sounds like, um, you know, when, when you, when you said like hands on, a lot of what you talked about was hands on with a 16 millimeter film camera. Yeah. Do you feel like a lot of that stuff that you learned there was helpful or was it just stuff that is not applicable in today's world of technology? I should say also that we had, <laughs> I should say also that we had the, um, the film side. So with film super 16 cameras, but then we also had the video aspect where we were dealing with digital cameras as well. So one of the, and there's a two, you know, because so little is shot on film. Um, would I say that the, the film part was useful? Yes, I have an appreciation. Is it useful for the career at this point? No, because we're just not shooting on film. Um, and in the video production classes, like that's where we really went over like white balance and just all the gain, gain settings is called gain back then. Um, not so much of the ISO that we know now, um, or ASA for film. Uh, so that was all very useful. Like the video portion, I would say is very useful, but I also am a first assistant camera. I've done two feature films and I would say that, you know, l- learning how to load cameras and operate them was useful for that. Um, for sure, at least in giving me the confidence that I can go into a job and kind of learn my way to a point because you really just cannot learn everything that you need. The nuances of being on a film set, there's just so many um, that just cannot be taught in a uh, university environment. I don't know if that answered the question, but that's where I went with it. Yeah, well, no, I think that's good. I think it... It helps because one of the things that I've experienced, because listeners of the show know that I have um, a pretty good size volume brand and we are hiring people on a regular occasion. And so I get a lot of applications for people to come work for me from Mm. uh, the UT film school. We have a film school that's uh, very highly rated, oftentimes ranked as the number two, if not at least in the top five film schools in the nation at the University of Texas. And um, we're actually going to talk to one of those graduates in uh, a later part in this series. But one of the things that I've experienced a lot is that a lot of the students come out of the film school not knowing a lot of the basics. So what are uh, the basics of in-camera operation? Okay. Yeah, I mean, in terms of, yeah, in-camera operation, so not necessarily knowing how to set their white balance properly, Hmm. Um, not knowing things like, um, you know, how how ISO affects the quality of the image, not knowing things like how to keep their their shutter speed at an appropriate... um, Speed for the motion blur. ...level relative to the... Relative to the shot, relative to the the uh, the frame rate, yeah. Um, not knowing some of these basics, the biggest one I deal with is the white balance. Oh yeah, uh, it has the biggest impact had, right away on the image. So, <laughs> absolutely, yeah. And I've I've had there was there was once where um, you know I hired someone based off of a recommendation from the UT film school and uh, you know, they were just second shooting. So it was, it was fine. Our lead shooter got what they needed and it all worked out, but you know, all the footage from their camera was very orange um, and it just took a ton of work to make it usable. We were able to make it work, but you know, yeah. Um, yeah. And so it's just, it's sort of baffling that someone could come out of such a highly ranked film school not knowing something that is so basic. So can I ask you a question about UT? And you may not know because you didn't go there, but I guess it sounds like is UT more, if they're a film school and not really a video school, are they getting educated on the film aspect, which is like, you know, because in film you you choose your stock and it's either balanced for daylight or for tungsten. 
And they're not really, you don't need to learn about the Kelvin because it's balanced one way or the other. And they're, all they know is, does it look blue? Does it look orange? Oh, I shot with the wrong film stock. But with video cameras, you can dial that in so specifically now um, that it really, of course, would matter. And you need to have knowledge of that. Because, and, and as I think about it, I mean, that was taught to me, but I wouldn't be surprised if very early after I came out of school, I would have messed that stuff up because it may not, I don't think it's driven home enough to, um, to be, I don't want to say hireable because like you said, they, they worked, you got it to work, but also like, you know, it could be better. Like they could do, they could do like schools could do a better job of really hammering that stuff home because this is what really matters in the real world. Right. Well, I, I think in their case, and I could be wrong about this, maybe we'll dig into it a little bit later on in the series when we have one of those um, former alumni, yeah. or I guess current alumni, former student. Um, <laughs> but my understanding of things is that the film, the word film is more, um, uh, more, more about like creating films as opposed to film versus digital. So they're shooting digitally, essentially. Yeah. Most and likely. of course, you know, things are things are probably a lot different from, you know, you're 30, so you went to I went in, in 2005 or 6. I went in 09. Okay. That's when, gotcha. I, gra- that's when I graduated, that's, I should say. I graduated in 09. You so, graduated in 09. Yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, you it know, should be different. You know, it should be a little bit different because uh, we were shooting on 100B still, you know, like not too much... <laughs> Digital, we weren't shooting on SD cards, you know, that's for sure. Right. Yeah. So I think, you know, hopefully that aspect of things has changed. I'm sure, I'm sure it has, but, um, but regardless, it seems to me that that is one of the, you know, very basic first things that you learn if you're going to ever work behind a camera. And if you're going to go to, to a film school, you know, there may be obviously other aspects of what you want to learn. Yeah. Maybe you don't care about behind camera work. Maybe right. you just want to learn to produce films. Right. Um, maybe you just want to learn to direct. Maybe you want to learn to write. Um, so there's obviously all these other aspects of things. Yeah. However, um, it, it does seem to me that if you're going to go to a quote film school, that you should probably learn how to work a camera. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you should probably learn how to properly expose and properly color balance an image. Um, so well, it sounds like you had an experience where you did learn some of those things, though. Yeah, I mean, that's what the program was mostly built around. It was, it, there wasn't like a, a writing, to, there really wasn't a writing for film class. Like, or at least I didn't, I certainly did take it and therefore I wasn't required to take it. Um, yeah, I mean... I guess it depends on how the the film program is structured. Is it, you know, writing for film? Like, because there's the you know the five major aspects of film production, um, but and one of them could be writing, and then another one is producing, and then you've got you know acting, and then the director and the camera or production, however you want to make it. But it it will depend on how it's set up. And I would think that maybe you do a little bit of each one, and then you choose your like concentration. I think that's kind of what some of them call it is like concentrating in camera or I'm concentrating in writing. So I'd be interested to hear, um, like if you want to do writing, well, exactly how much camera work do you need to do just in general? And then you can start, you know, going down the path of writing. It's sort of like, it's sort of like a gen ed, but still very specialized. <laughs> well, you know, ba- uh, a bachelor's degree from a liberal arts school is pretty general education yeah. you know it's because yeah. it's meant to be diverse and yes. if you need to go further then you, you're probably going to get a terminal degree yeah. um you know or or just go learn from the masters yeah um or you know apprentice under someone absolutely or absolutely get a degree in creative writing or whatever the case is you know um but yeah i, I feel like it's just so interesting to me that I've had that situation happen a number of times from people in a film school. And so I think it's good that you had, you know, you had a different experience. And so um, let's dig into that a little bit more into your experience. Then when you went to, um, when you went to film school, was there an expectation that you were going to have a certain sort of 
career path or was that very open-ended where you like sort of set to go work in Hollywood? Um, what was, what was the career path that you thought in mind for yourself and what were sort of some of the other ideas that other students had? So they have, um, they had a intern program where people would intern at various production studios uh, such as CBS, um, can't remember. There's another one that they have a really good relationship with out in LA. Um, it's not a major one. It's still a TV network. It's a lot of TV stuff, and a lot of our our um, graduates at some point were over in LA doing a summer internship. Um, I think it was for like E or something like that. I can't exactly remember. Um, and they would work maybe the red carpet at some point and get some uh, actual real world work over there. And so there was a general understanding that's like, you're probably going to go into media production and the capital of that is out in LA. And there are a lot of us that, you know, that did go over there. And there's a fair amount who also stayed in the Midwest. Um, I stayed in the Midwest. I moved to Chicago after that, which is another pretty large independent area not at the time wasn't huge for tv um they've grown a bit for that but yeah there was an expectation that you should probably go out and do that but like you said i mean people change what they're doing constantly and um i'm sure a lot of people didn't do anything with video after they got a video degree and i don't know what they went off to do um but yeah it it was um they, they really set you up for it to go out there Maybe this will be one of the questions you have, but like I think one of the most important things and one of the reasons to go to film school is for the connections that they can offer you uh, through their alumni department or from other grads or people who have graduated and are coming back to speak. And you can start networking with those people who are going to be pretty deep into the system if they've already been working for five, ten years. And... That's probably one of the best values, and I don't think most people take advantage of it. Um, at least they didn't um, at Bowling Green. At least I don't feel like people were like, let me just you know peruse through the alumni list and just start hitting up these people. But you absolutely can do that, and a lot of people want to see more people come from their program, and they could start mentoring them. Um, I think that's one of the best reasons to go uh, to a film school. If, you, if it's not for the learning... It's got to be for the connections. Hmm. So do you feel like you made some connections that were really valuable to you there? I made excellent friends with my surrounding group of people and have stayed in contact with them and continue to, you know, we, we all kind of do slightly different things now, but um, in the in the film world, I should say, I'm the only one running my own business. Um that I know of in my immediate circle of like five, six people. Other people are, are they're still acting. They are um, doing set design. Uh, they're doing second AC work. For those people who don't know what that AC stands for, it's for assistant camera. So that's working in the camera department. And uh, a couple of them are also now union. And now we're starting to get off topic, at least from the like wedding filmmaking aspect. But I, I mean, the degree definitely got me prepared to kind of go into whatever I wanted to start doing, except it, it, it certainly didn't do business side, like business aspect. I think that was something I wish right. I, I learned more about. And that's why I think a lot of people, when they start a business, they're overwhelmed with how much business there is and how little creative work sometimes you might be doing in terms of ratio wise. Um, right. And I, that is something that I do wish schools would prepare us more for. Is running your business taking away from the time that you have to make better wedding films? Do you feel disorganized? What happens when a hot lead goes cold after your first email response? Do you have a system in place to stay in contact with them? Do you find yourself asking, where was that bride's phone number again? And have they paid their invoice or not? Which package did they get and what are their deliverables? How organized are your financial records when it comes to tax time? Wouldn't it be awesome if you could afford forty dollars or $50,000 to pay someone to take care of all this extra stuff for you? I've got an idea. How about you sign up for 17 Hats and pay just $300 a year to let their amazing online software take care of all of this for you? 
Before I got 17 hats, I was buried in a sea of unorganized emails, spreadsheets, bank statements, receipts, sticky notes, Google Docs, and more. I was letting hot leaves go cold because I couldn't remember who to stay in contact with. I was spending weeks trying to get my tax records organized from my accountant. It was awful. And now I pay 17 hats, just $300 a year, and they do all of that for me. It's like having a full-time assistant working around the clock on your business, making sure that everything is organized, invoices are paid on time, and making you look like a real pro to your clients. And now, 17 Hats is giving you an amazing offer. When you use the link at the top of our website, weddingfilmacademy.org, you'll get 15% off the list price, and it's a great way for you to help keep us making great content each week for you. If you want to learn more about 17 Hats, go back in the archives and listen to the podcast that we did with them. We actually got to chat with the CEO and one of the VPs of 17 Hats for an hour. So definitely go back and listen to that podcast as well if you want to learn more. Thanks a ton. Let's get back to the show. So is because so much of your so many of your peers have gone into sort of a very different career path from you and one of the things you mentioned was just the connections that you can get with, with people who are alumni who are working in big, um, you know, bigger productions and that kind of thing. Is that something you have interest in? You know, you oh, yeah. shot a couple of, I do still uh, have an interest shot a couple in some of features of that. as well. Yeah. So yeah. the two features I did were in Indiana. So they weren't like large features. Um, the first budget was, uh, I think it ended up being 40,000 for a 17 day shoot. And it was all raised through Kickstarter, and then the next budget was about three hundred thousand, and we shot that on the red one back when that was like a thing, and uh, so what was the question? <laughs> Sorry. What? Yeah, is, is that something? Is that are you interested in in that kind of narrative work outside of weddings? Oh, right. So I, I should preface by saying that um, in August, my wife and I are going to be moving out of Indiana, and we're actually going to be moving to uh, Huntington Beach, which is just south of L.A. So I will be in the capital of all of that stuff going on, and I'll be exploring the additional avenues of of just variety that will be available to me that is not available to me here in Indiana. Yes, I did a couple features here, but I, I mean, I had to stay in hotels. They were really more like Michigan um, and Chicago. And I want to be able to come home at night if I can and not stay in a hotel for 40 days. Um, and I, I think I will probably be ramping up some of that stuff. And it'll be a balance. I'm not sure exactly how it'll affect my film work. Obviously, if I commit to a film or a, to a wedding, excuse me, then I'm going to make sure the production knows that, hey, I can't work on this day. And I had that happen um, in 2015 or 14 or whenever I did the film. And, uh, you know, that they were fine with it. They got a day player for to fill my position um, at the time. And so, but, but uh, yeah, I'm going to be checking out some, some new ways to, uh, to put my, I'll say put my degree to work. Um, but at this point, everything I've learned I think I'm sitting at like probably at least 90% of what I've learned at the, is, is what I just learned on the job. Hmm. Yep. No, that makes good sense. Especially, you know, as you mentioned, you feel like just in the last five years, you've had a significant jump in the quality of what you're producing. Um, so maybe talk to me a little bit about that. So you had a, um, you, you graduated in 2009 mm-hmm. and you'd been making, Wedding film since what, 2003? Yeah, uh, something like that. 03, like 04, somewhere around there. Yeah. So, um, you know, then you graduate and you continue making wedding films. Did you, were you able to go full time right into that or did you do something else? When I, um, yeah. As you led up to full time? When I graduated in 09, I moved to Chicago and I worked full time for other companies doing editing, shooting, um, coordinating nationwide shoots um, for uh, a startup. And I, that's, that's what I did. I never did any, I didn't do too many weddings except for like here and there, one or two a year between 2009 and 2013. Um, 
And then I, the reason why I started doing them more is because my wife got into graduate school at Purdue University, which is about two hours south of Chicago in Indiana. And that's where I am at now. And I said to myself, well, maybe there's some production, you know, in West Lafayette. And the answer to that is no, there really isn't too much going on here. So by forcing my hand and fire under my butt, I was like, I'm going to have to just make this work. How can I make money not doing um, production work in terms of like with a crew and with the scale um, that I was used to doing in Chicago. And the answer was to go into weddings. So it was kind of a de facto for me to go into. And then <laughs> I just like to embrace everything that I'm doing and go at it hardcore. So I wasn't like disappointed that I had to do wedding films. Instead, I started seeing, and this is kind of when they were exploding in terms of um, you know, quality. And it was a great time to jump in there because of the 5D Mark III being out for a little bit and people finally understanding, hey, we can make these awesome films. And then the workshops that were coming out that could educate us on how to use these cameras. Um, yeah, so I, I loved it. I mean, it was it has been an excellent, excellent thing for me to do. Yeah. Awesome. So talk to me about what you, you mentioned, the workshops, um, about that transition for you in jumping from working for another company, editing and sort of uh, producing some films in terms of uh, the work that you did there to making that shift of, of moving to a more rural area and, um, and really boosting your education level around wedding films specifically that really helped to push you forward into a new category of what you were able to produce. So I, I think for a lot of people, they they find the Ray Roman workshop, right? Or they find some sort of workshop um, that just inspires you and gives you the tools necessary to move forward with with this. Because up until seeing like how it was done by some of the best, you just don't even consider the way like a different way to do it. It's hard on your own to to start figuring this stuff out. And nowadays, whenever someone asks, hey, and in fact, there was a recent post, I think, in Wedding Film Academy, um, in the Facebook group about, hey, what should I invest in? Should it be, you know, lenses? Should it be uh, another camera? Should it be um, drone? Uh, and, and I think my answer was, uh, none of those things. I mean, unless you literally only have one camera, it's very helpful to have two. But um, you should be investing in education, um, number one, because, and, and by that, I, I don't mean the university education. I'm referring to like those workshops that you can get now for, I'll call it dirt cheap for what you're getting. It, the value is insane Absolutely. there. And um, that will guide you as to how you want to invest moving forward. Because if you see something and you're like, oh, I, I'm inspired by that what do I need to do that? And the answer is you need some lighting. You need to employ lighting in your reception to get that look. And that's going to get that look a lot better than a drone, which is not going to help that at all. It's a cool toy, but it's the last thing you should be dumping your cash into. So education and then, you know, lights and lenses are probably some of the best ways to take your work up. And so for me, when I watched the Ray Roman workshop, which was shared to me uh, by Charlie Hillbrandt in Chicago. Um, he was like, hey man, you you should probably check this thing out. I met him up in Chicago and, and we lived across the hall from each other. And I was like, all right. And I thought I would just look at it real quick and um, you know, not really get hooked on it because it's like a three-day course that they had on Creative Live. It's, I think it's still there. Um, and, uh, all of a sudden I was popping the popcorn and the wine and it was like hour 10, you know, of going through this <laughs> workshop and I just couldn't stop hitting play, you know, for the next thing. Cause I was like, this is insane. I can't believe all this information is right here on how to do this because this is exactly what I needed to do. And so that workshop is how I really was like, oh, okay, this is how you start doing it. And now I've, you know, obviously changed. I don't do things exactly the way. Ray says to and uh, or anyone you just do what what you're comfortable with and what you want to do with for the product that you want to make there's definitely no wrong way to go about it if you're happy if the client's happy then then you did a great job yeah 
Absolutely. So, so Ray's workshop was obviously a, a big sort of turning point for you then, right? Yes. It was, a, it, that was the single catalyst that launched me to be like, okay, I can do this. Yeah. And was that while you were still working for the other company or no. was that when you were trying to do? That's when I had, I had already moved to Indiana and, um, and I was just so thankful to be, uh, to be given that information to look at those workshops because education is so, and now I see education as like essential when I see, I want, always want to go to like one or two a year, like budget for it and go because if someone's going to share how they're doing it, you're probably going to come up with, even if you don't want to do it that way, you're going to meet other people who are doing it this way. And then you'll be like, oh, that's such a good idea. And it's not even necessarily about who's offering it anymore. It's about who all is going. Um, it's also a great way to meet second yeah. shooters in the area. If you're you're looking for people who are passionate like you are, it's like a great vetting process. Absolutely. Yeah, we actually met at WPPI this last year. Exactly. Um, so did you go to some classes at WPPI? No. Uh, well, yes, I, I was an assistant. <laughs> I'm doing air quotes for those who don't have the visual. Yeah. I was an assistant for iNamics because they're from Indiana, and I know, knew Amber and Garrett um, and um, also Brandon Rice. So I attended those two classes. Uh, one was editing. The other one was shooting solo with Brandon. Um, and But otherwise, I just did the floor, just the expo floor. Yeah. And, and lots of, uh, you know, in-person just connection with, with other filmmakers. I was, you oh, know, for sure. out with you at the bar and, for sure. um, and the restaurants and, yeah. and yeah, like you said, a great way to just connect with other people and, uh, you know, build community, but also a sense of, you know, learning from other people and what they're doing just through natural conversations. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, getting to talk to people who you've seen their names and then putting the face of the name, uh, everybody is just so nice, you know. <laughs> they really are. Everyone is so kind and in person and, and willing to talk about how we do things. And um, and then, of course, some of us just um, don't even want to talk about video that much. We just want to get to know the other person, you know, a little bit and hang out. And, and it's such a great way to kind of just not talk about video if you don't want to. But then if you want to, there's somebody who's there to just be like, yeah, let's just nerd out about this for, you know, the next three hours and just keep the drink coming. Yep. Absolutely. Well, here's, here's kind of an interesting thing because I'm seeing a lot of people who, I think most of the people in the Wedding Film Academy group and others like it are part-time, they're weekend warriors, they're working another full-time job and they have a dream of one day being able to be a full-time wedding and commercial filmmaker. Mm -hmm. um, so for people who are in that camp, I think it'd be sort of interesting to compare the two experiences, one experience of a four-year degree and the other experience of taking a three-day uh, intensive workshop. Talk to me about the different dynamics of those things and how you feel like each of those has contributed to uh, where you are today. I think a lot of it has to do with just how much time you're spending being exposed to these concepts because some stuff you just, you really just have to have a couple of years of shooting under your belt to really get it. Um, like, like with exposures and stuff like that, like I, I, I went into the Ray Roman workshop Creative Live, and I've since taken his um, his course in person twice. And there are two types of people there. There's people like you and I who maybe are going there for some new ideas and to see how other people work, but we kind of already know what we're doing uh, for the most part in terms of the basics. And we're able to really soak up what he's saying and walk away with so many new ideas. And then there's the people who are just like, that's kind of their first time they're seeing this work and they don't, maybe they're a photographer and they know they have the video button. And so they're just trying to see. And I can tell that those of us who have kind of already had a background in it, you know, maybe we went to school for it or we've been running the business for a year or two, we're walking away with a lot more we're retaining a lot more information because 
um, we're just not we're not being overwhelmed so much by what Ray is saying or what the educator is saying. Um, so I think when you're new and you just kind of get into a workshop, I would recommend rewatching it like three times. <laughs> I mean, I've yeah. seen the Ray Roman workshop. I'm not exaggerating when I say probably four times all the way through. I made it a point in the off season to just hit play and just watch it just to be like, oh yeah, I'm not doing that. You know, I need to do that. I should be doing this or I forgot about that because it's just so much information. Um, mm. And so when you're new, it's harder to retain um, coming from it all as a background in, in the university and working in the field for 10 years before I finally saw the workshop. You know, it, it, I, it wasn't overwhelming to me. I was like, this is awesome. This is everything I've ever wanted to know. But there's always those little nuggets, as Ray says, those nuggets of info that you just maybe you missed it the first two times and the third time you finally got it. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's one of the things that I love about going to different conferences is a lot of times, you know, it, it is, there's, there's a lot that's, you know, I already know and, and it's not going to make a big impact, but sometimes it's just about grabbing those one or two little nuggets mm -hmm. that can really transform what you're doing. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think I hear that a lot with listeners of the podcast is they'll tell me that, you know, um, you know, maybe they're doing it a long time, but somebody else presented a new idea that completely revolutionized the way that they shoot or the way that they run their business, their pricing structure or whatever it is. Yeah. I think we always need to be, regardless of where we are in our career and with our filmmaking and with our businesses, always need to be open to the possibility that there's other ways of doing things that are going to be successful. And the, you know, the, the field is always going to be changing and we need to be people who are always open to those changes and open to what, you know, clients are expecting mm -hmm. might be different in 2019 than it was in 2017. Yes. Even. And so I think constantly being, um, sort of open and available to those changes, I think is really important. And so just that's one of the things I think, you know, resources like the Wedding Film Academy can be a great resource to yeah. people that are not just beginners, but that are seasoned in their careers. It's because it's all about learning from each other as a community. It's why we have so many different filmmakers on is because I think it's important that we all learn from each other. It's not come listen to Jordan Bunch talk about things. In fact, I talk way less than my guests on these <laughs> things. Um, so, so I think that that, that ongoing education I think is really important, but it's like what you said, it's like, um, there's that balance of even in a workshop like Ray's, which is so specific to wedding filmmaking, there it has to be balanced out with, um, with hands-on experience, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. You know, you're not going to watch Ray's workshop and then go out and make a film like Ray. No, no. Um, if it's your, you know, your first time. Um, and so, you know, there, there's that balance to be had, right. Of, of getting lots of experience too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, here's, here's something that'd be interesting as someone who, you know, you, you went and got the bachelor's degree, you have done workshops like Ray's, you, you, you know, invest in education, you know, going to conferences like WPPI and others, um, build for me, like what's, what's the ideal situation for someone, you know, let's, let's pretend that someone is, um, you know, regardless of age, you know, maybe they're, maybe they're 20, maybe they're 40 and they're just trying to get into a, a different career. They're tired of their accounting job or whatever. And they really want to, um, you know, to make wedding films for a living. What is, what's the ideal situation for them? How do they need to go about educating themselves to, you know, be able to do this full time? It's a good question. It's a really good one. Um, I think you could do it all online, in terms of the basics, you can get all of the basics down, um, assuming you have a camera physically with you so that you can practice the concepts that you're, you're hearing about. Um, 
YouTube has a ton of, you know, and, and Linda and all this stuff has a lot of tutorials on, on the basics. But I, I think when it comes to wedding filmmaking, you definitely need to probably, yeah, like get, get the workshop going, um, in terms go to physically, if you can go to a workshop, um, that is probably the best way to just, because you, you can ask all the questions that you may have at that moment rather than like yelling them at the YouTube screen because you don't get <laughs> how something is working. Um, uh, so familiarizing yourself with the basics through YouTube tutorials will get you pretty far, but then I think you need to start having, and I, I don't even want to call it a formal education, just a formal class structure and that you're gonna, you should go somewhere for a workshop uh, about that. And there's a lot of them you know, popping up. So no matter where you are, there's probably one close by. Or some people, we like to use it as a vacation and we like to go somewhere else not local to us um, and, and start getting educated that way. Um, you could absolutely do wedding filmmaking um, pretty quickly, get it off the ground going. Um, and then, of course, you know, what do you do for your first couple ones? I think the answer is dirt cheap or free, of course. So that way, there's no pressure on you, and the expectation of the couple is that this is your first, you know, first five films. So it's not going to be perfect. It's not going to be, you know, outstanding. There's going to be mistakes. There's going to be camera shake, um, and then not judging yourself against all the other work from people who have been doing it for five, six years. Even now, I'm I'm left going, man. Like some people, they just they're killing it. How do they? How do they do that? And, you know, I'm looking at people who have been doing it for 15 years and they've really perfected the look of what they're going for. And I'm still evolving mine. And I don't yet know exactly what that looks like. But in terms of education, I think you could, if you wanted to start now, YouTube the basics, go to a workshop and just, and shoot a lot, maybe accept a lot um, to just start doing it and, uh, maybe heed the advice of not doing like 50 in the first year, because then you'll just go crazy with the, with the backlog, um, where it would crush you to the point where you're like, I don't even want to shoot another wedding. Go a little easy on that, but definitely, um, don't be afraid to accept jobs at a lower price point than what you're seeing others are charging, even if they're in their first year too. Cause I just think you just need to get all your mistakes at the lower level, um, where the expectation is, is that, Hey, there, there probably will be some mistakes in this. Yeah. Well, what's your thought? What do you think is like the best route if, so for someone starting right now in 2018? Well, I think they just need to listen to the wedding film Academy. Podcast. Yeah. That's probably all they need to do. Yeah. <laughs> just, just hit play and then you're good to go. Exactly. No, I think, I think your advice is really good. I think I, I'm definitely, even though, I have way too much school. I invested a ton in my education. Yeah. And, uh, you know, those are loans that have yet to be paid back. Um, I think that had I known that this is the path I was going to go after, you know, as I was entering college or after high school, mm -hmm. I, I think I still would have gone to college, but I would have gotten a business degree. Mm. So, you know, if I was in that okay. situation yeah. where, yeah, where, you know, I was redoing things, I, I've seen actually a couple people on the Wedding Film Academy group who are in that situation. They're 18, 19 years old. Um, some even younger. I think there's a guy on here who's like 16 years oh, old. Yeah. And he's, We've got plenty uh, of young ones still in high school. Yeah. And he's been posting some work and I'm just super impressed with what he's doing with, um, with him and a couple of buddies. And so, you know, if I were in those shoes and I was in the spot where, you know, I really still felt like for whatever reason, I really wanted to go to college still, I would go to business school um, because I feel like the, the, the practicality of learning how to run a business is something that just doesn't come natural to so many people. And it's a little bit more challenging to get that level of education on YouTube probably. Yes. Um, you know, I haven't, I haven't sought a lot of that out to be honest. A lot of my uh, business sense comes via osmosis uh, <laughs> from my father, mm -hmm. you know, um, I grew up 
in a family of entrepreneurs. My mom's had several businesses herself. My dad um, has run several successful companies. And so, you know, a lot of it, I think, does come a little bit more natural to me than it does to others. But there's still a lot of, you know, uh, a lot a lot of stuff, a lot of holes that are probably missing for me that I could have filled via a, um, you know, business administration or mm-hmm. marketing degree, um, some sort of finance uh, classes would have certainly been helpful, which again, are, those are things that you can learn online as well. But if I were going to go the route, if I knew I was going to go the route of college, I don't think I would have gone to film school knowing that this was going to be my path. I would have gone to business school. Um, and along the way I would have, you know, uh, invested in, invest a lot of my time in, um, in some of those online resources. Which is just so, so interesting to I, hear I, that, you know, if you could do it again, you would go for business. Like a videographer like yourself is saying, if I could do it again, I would go for a business degree. I think that that really hammers home, like how accessible the creative aspect is. Uh, outside of a university and how desperate we want formal education on business laws, loans, just how personal finance, especially that's a whole nother topic. Personal finance just is not driven home enough at all in America. So um, I just find that incredibly insightful for anyone listening to consider. Um, yeah, the business side is, it can, it can totally, and it does kill some businesses completely because they just don't want to do it. And then it just, it lags. And then there's problems that pop up. Absolutely. Yeah. There's a reason that the vast majority of businesses fail. And I think a lot of it is just, um, you know, a lack of, of, uh, fundamental business knowledge. You know, I, I don't think it's, that those people um, are incapable right. of running a successful right. long-term business, yeah. but it's that they were never taught some some sort of core basics, um, and so they find themselves just learning via mistake again and again. And you can only handle so many of those mistakes mm-hmm. before um, you know before you need to quit and and find something else for yeah. work for income. Yep. yep. So that would definitely be the route I would go because I think so much of the other, like you said, the the creative education is very accessible. You know, uh, Creative Live is a great resource. Um, you know, there's there's a few YouTube channels that are fantastic. Uh, Lynda.com has some great courses, mm-hmm. and then there's you know you can rather than spending you know, uh, 50 to 200 thousand dollars on a four year degree. You could, you know, go to, um, go, go to some, some workshops, you know, go, I'm actually, uh, investing in Tony, Tony Robbins, mm-hmm. uh, business mastery course. Yeah. And, you know, it's a very significant investment for me. It's a five figure investment for me, right? but it's something that I feel will, um, will have great return. Right. It'll pay itself back. The ROI will be very good. For you absolutely yeah so I, I think thinking about what are the ways that you can really learn from the masters and that's one of the great things about uh, what the internet has become is is that those those masters are just um, they're in your pocket you know um, you don't have to um, network your way up to a point to where you can go learn at the feet of these masters anymore. Right now you can just, you know, pull out your phone and, you know, throw a hundred bucks at them. And now you've got all this, this knowledge, you know? Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's, that's my thoughts on if I was starting over what I would do, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And along those lines, in terms of the masters, they have a, uh, like I'm I'm seeing on Facebook, a sponsorship ads for me about master classes that are being offered by, you know, big DPs or directors that are just putting out so much like awesomely produced content, you know, with Ron Howard. um, There's a few others. um, Scorsese Scorsese. has one. So it's like, it's unreal that how accessible this stuff is because 
They just, you would have never been able to see what's in their mind without being right next to them. And now here they are giving us that content. Um, yeah, you have to pay for it. But I mean, it's, it's amazing content. I haven't actually taken any, but knowing how good workshops and this education is, I'm sure it's, it's a very useful for people who want to continue to do that type of work. Absolutely. Um, well, we have, we have some exciting, you know, sit tight uh, to our listeners, sit tight because we have some exciting things on that front that we're, we are working on that we're planning, um, for phase two of the wedding film Academy. Ooh. So I can't say a whole lot about that. I will say that there's going to be more amazing resources and it's going to continue with the, the same principles that the wedding film Academy have been from the beginning in terms of we are a community of learners who pull on the resources of, um, of a diversity of filmmakers who are doing things very different from differently from each other, uh, with great excellence. And, uh, it's something that, uh, there's, I will say that what we're doing is, is super exciting to me because there's nothing else remotely like it that exists. Ooh, that's it. That's uh, a, that gets me excited. I mean, I don't even know what it is, guys. I mean, it's not like we talk about it in the pre-show <laughs> and I'm holding stuff back. I'm excited to see what phase two brings. Absolutely. Well, I, I, I'm not going to give a timeline because usually when I give a timeline, on things, oh, yeah, don't give a timeline. Uh, You're fine. Fail. Yeah. Don't worry about it. When it's ready, but, uh, it's ready and it'll be great. Absolutely. We're going to, we're going to wait until it is ready to put it out there, but I think it's going to be a super exciting resource to, to filmmakers. And we're, we're going to do our very best to make it, um, quite accessible, um, in terms of, of costs and that kind of thing as well. So, so exciting things coming down the road for sure in terms of education, um, but yeah, this has been awesome. Larry, one of the things that I've appreciated about what you do Thank in you. terms of education is some of the videos that you have posted on our group and others, um, where you'll basically put a wedding film up and, uh, tell us how you did it shot by shot. So, uh, yeah, tell us a little bit more about that. If people want to find those videos, you know, honestly, that, that that's funny the the whole series that I do, I call it, how is it shot though? Being a, a cameraman, primarily before going into wedding filmmaking that's why i'm always just so interested in i feel like everybody's interested in you know what camera was the shot on what was the lens um what support equipment did you shoot it on and those are the main three things that i put in these i'll call them education films the how was it shot series um I don't have them posted anywhere formally. I just kind of like when I make a trailer, I go, yeah, I'll make a, how was it shot? And I just put the text on because I just filmed it the day prior. So I know what lens and what support equipment. And I don't know, nowadays I'm shooting pretty much everything on the GH5. So now I know that. But it was formed out of um, me just wanting to contribute a little bit back because um, I had some people who would be asking me a lot of those questions. I mean, I think those are the three top questions that people, when they see something, they just want to know the camera, the lens, and the support. And I just wanted to knock those out. So yeah, on screen is like text that shows you what that is as the film is playing. There's no narration from me, but um, I post those in the Wedding Film Academy, and I that's the only place I think I post them now. Um, it's just the best community of people who are willing to receive and, and ask the questions. Um, and I'm just sitting there usually after I post it, waiting for questions to come in and while I do selects for the, for the film itself. And um, yeah, I think people have been finding it very useful. Um, I think there's a pattern you'll pick up because <laughs> I, I tend to just shoot with like four lenses at most. And so I think people could start to pick it out. But as a new person, it's really useful just to be like, oh, that's how that's done. Got it. And they can pause yep. it and read that information and then move on to the next shot. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's a wonderful resource. So bombard Larry Marshall with friend <laughs> requests and join the wedding film Academy. Bring group them on. If you're not already a part of that. Bring them on. And, uh, and that'll be a great way for you to check those videos out. And I think they've been super helpful to, to everyone who's a part of the group, myself included. I love watching those videos. Mm -hmm. So thanks for taking the time to do those. Sure. 
Sure, you're welcome. Absolutely. They're fun to make, too. They really are. They make me think, like, oh, I wonder if I could have done that better with a different lens. It, it does make me kind of rethink about it. Yeah, absolutely. One of my biggest mentors, I've probably said it on here a number of times, but he said it to me, I don't know how many hundreds of times, so I'll say it again, is that we don't learn anything by our experience, but only by our reflection on that experience. Mm. And so what a wonderful True. exercise that is for you to really reflect on that experience. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's exactly that. And, and uh, it's super useful for me as well to just be like, yeah, I'm, could I do that a little different? Or people ask me a question that's like, why did you choose to shoot it on that? And, and then that makes me ponder, why did I do that? You know, is there a reason? Um, a lot of times it's because it's a live event and, you know, that's, you know, you don't have time to be swapping constantly, but um, yeah, um, absolutely. Awesome. Well, Larry, if people want to go somewhere to find out more about what you're up to and the films that you're making, where should they go? They can go to, um, on Facebook, it is Marshall Camera Wedding Films, and all my social media handles are, are basically that. It's the same thing on Instagram, and um, you can... Find me in the group. Uh, I am a moderator uh, for Wedding Film Academy. So I don't know. Do they have a tab that they can click on? Well, even if they don't, Larry Marshall, you'll find me. I'm usually commenting every couple of days anyway. <laughs> so Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, thanks again. I feel like this has been a really helpful conversation yeah. for those who are, you know, whether whether they're young and they're thinking about going to college or whether they're, I know some people are sort of discouraged of, oh, I can't get into a field if I didn't go to college. So I think this has been a helpful conversation right. for those people right. um, to hear, you know, how valuable your uh, your experience was, um, but also how valuable some of the other education experiences have been for you. So I super appreciate you coming on, man. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. The Wedding Film Academy podcast is produced by Taylor Juarez. If you found this episode helpful, be sure to subscribe so you never miss a show and help us out by leaving a five-star review on iTunes. And when you're done, head on over to WeddingFilmAcademy.org to chat with our other wedding filmmakers like yourself in the comments section. Until next time, keep making movie magic.